Women Taking the Lead, Episode 246. Everyone has a different way of communicating, of kind of ingesting what you're telling them. And so it's really important for me as a leader to get to know my team, to get to know, you know, how they best receive feedback, um, to understand how they best communicate out and to create those types of synergies. And so it's not a one-size-fits-all when it comes to being a leader because it's so relationship-driven and it's so much about understanding, you know, who's on your team and how they function and how you function and how you make that as strong of a bond as possible. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Christy Wallace, who is the CEO of Elevate Network and is responsible for executing Elevate Network's mission to close the gender achievement gap in business by providing professional women with a global community to lean on and learn from. Christy strives to support women and girls in achieving their dreams. She is, now hold on to this, she is the host of the Elevate podcast, Conversations with Women Changing the Face of Business. She's an angel investor with Pipeline Angels, an organization creating capital for women and non-binary femme social entrepreneurs. She's a member of the UN Women Global Innovation Coalition for Change an advisor for the 92nd Street Y Women in Power Fellowship for Rising Female Leaders. She's on the Advisory Council for the Villanova University Innovation, Creativity, and Entrepreneurship Institute, co-chair of the Leadership Advisory Board for the Girl Scouts of Greater New York City, and a board member at Workforce Professionals Training Institute. And what I know about you also, Christy, which wasn't in your bio, you're also the mother of three children. So I'm you've actually asked me this question at this point. I am going to have you say more about who you are and what you do in the world. But there's also that question of, man, that's a lot of stuff that you're involved in. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> um, how do I do it? Well, I... Um... I don't always do it well. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, I think part of it is, um, you know, I've found everything that I do, I love doing. Uh, it's things that I'm passionate about, that I, I care a lot about. I think that there's a lot of um, connection between a lot of the work I'm doing. So if it's uh, UN Women or Girl Scouts or Elevate, there's a lot of common um, themes and ideas and so I'm able to drive greater impact because I'm kind of learning um, and having conversations and thinking about problems and solutions in so many different settings that are all aligned around gender and gender equality and gender advancement. So, you know, but I would say first and foremost, just finding things that you're really passionate about, um, that you're, you know, thinking about uh, on your way to work or you know, doodling, brainstorming, uh, you know, at night over with a glass of wine, um, just that incorporates into all aspects of your life, but in a way that is, um, you know, positive and fulfilling and exciting. 
and I've been really fortunate to, to find that. Absolutely. I agree. When you're passionate about something and you're already into it and doing it, it's easy to allow it to spill over. And I'm sure there's a lot of overlap between everything you're doing and actually probably able to contribute more to all of these organizations you're involved in because you can cross pollinate ideas and people and get them together. Absolutely. Okay. And Christy, tell us more about like we got your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Um, well, so I'm a twin, um, and I love talking about that because my sister and I are very, um, we're, we're completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, and this was like growing up where, um, she, my parents always called her mother Teresa. She was super kind and generous and uh, she was always the one who wanted to babysit. And, uh, she's now a teacher in, um, New Jersey and, um, Growing up, my parents always called me Leona Helmsley because I just wanted to be the boss of everything and I wanted to, to rule the world. Um, and I, so I think from, from the beginning of time, kind of I was on this, this path um, that I wanted to just always be going for the next challenge and doing the next big thing. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, I mean, I spent a good bit of my career at an organization called Vault.com, which uh, was a startup um, and focused on careers and um, career information and research. I ran all of our uh, revenue operations, and then uh, we did have a successful exit, which was great. I was on the senior leadership team during the exit, and then was tasked with growing the business overseas as so GM of our international uh, operations. And then um, I had uh, my first kid and kind of took some time and traveled the world. And it's like after working so hard for so long, you needed a break. Uh, and I really enjoyed um, a break on the beaches of the Philippines or uh, in the catacombs in Paris. Um, so that was quite an experience. I'm very fortunate that I was able to do that. And then I quickly went back to work, uh, working at another startup, but very early stage um, with a, a team of people that I'd worked with previously. So it's a completely different experience um, starting day one, um, trying to figure out the mission and the product and how to get there and you know how to solve the problem. Uh, so I was at Zeal for about three years, helping to grow that business. And during the time I had my second child. And then I, um, you know, really got, got to a point, which I think many of us do, which is, all right, you know, where is this headed? What do I care about? Um, I spend, you know, more than a third of my life working. And um, what what do I really want to do? And I had loved what I was doing at Zeal, but was really looking to um, do some work that was more aligned with my passions and things that I cared about, such as women and girls and gender, education. Um, so I, I started doing a lot of informational interviews and talking to a lot of people and um, actually had been a member of Elevate Network at the time and spoke with uh, the founders here, the owners, and that led to a job. So I've been here at Elevate for uh, three years. I'm now the CEO, so running the day-to-day -day operations. But I think um, a big part of, of the whole story is just um, – you know, that self-awareness and kind of thinking, being being uh, in tune to when you're ready for that next career change uh, and, and having the confidence to do it. 
That's amazing. And you did your research, found something you were passionate about. And it sounds like there was some just alignment that happened, like the opportunity was there, there was a conversation to be had, but you drove it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm making it sound a little bit easier than it was. It was, it was a tough period of time because um, I think any time in a job search or starting a business or raising money or anything where you are not fully in control uh, can be really hard. Um, and you may in your mind be like, this is a perfect company for me. And I know I'm perfect for this opportunity, but you, you're relying on somebody else to get that to and to make that decision. So any times like this um, can be, can be trying and uh, on your confidence and, um, but I, I really enjoyed the process because for me, um, I wanted to be very intentional about, you know, what size company, what stage company, is it a B2B offering, a B2C offering, who are their customers, um, what is the product, do I really believe in that product, what is the mission, um, who are the people I'll be spending every day with, I mean, there's, I was at a point in my career where I could really, um, really, you know, be more thoughtful about the situation I was putting myself into and, um, you know, was very fortunate to meet some of the people that I met and have the opportunity that I did. But absolutely, yeah, I worked really hard for that um, and, and getting to a point where I could easily say, okay, these are the places I want to be and this is why and really tell my story um, in a way that made a lot of sense to those businesses. That's fantastic. And Christy, you've clearly had success in your life and you've definitely gained confidence. Like you, you got to a point in your career where you knew the value that you could bring to the table or had a good sense of it. But I always like to, to start the guests off at this point by taking us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. It may have only been in retrospect years later when you knew yourself better that you thought, why did I ever hold myself back? I was capable of so much more. So share with us that story and the lessons you've learned. Uh, there's many of them, but, um, you know, I'd say the one uh, when I was, that really stands out to me, um, was when I was looking, um, when I was thinking about what I was going to do after I had, um, my first child and my second actually, um, and, and I'd gone through career transitions after, um, soon after I'd had both kids and, and I really undersold myself, um, because I, you know, had bought into the rhetoric around work-life balance and how hard it is to have kids and to work, um, in a high stress, you know, job. And I'm the type of person that when I do something, I'm all in, um, 110%. And, I had spent, you know, earlier in my career working really, really hard and a lot of hours and a lot of blood, sweat and tears um, to get to where I had gotten professionally. Um, I did it because that is how I've always worked. I was really passionate about what I did. And so when I started to have children, I kind of felt that um, I couldn't do both. And so initially I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll apply for a job that's lower than where I had been before or, you know, um, for a company that maybe I'm not as excited about. And I, I really doubted that I'd be able to manage both. And, um, man, I, 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 like, I think about that now and I can't believe that, um, 
that I doubted myself or that I undervalued my ability to to do it all because because you can and I believe anyone can because you you have to um but it's it's not a set um it's not a set solution for how we can be successful in our jobs in our um families in our personal interests and our, you know, friendships. I mean, part of it is you just figure out what works best for you. What is the infrastructure you build to support that? How can you um, make, you know, concessions and you don't have to be perfect at everything, but be perfect at the things or be great at the things you really care about um, and just make it work. And it's something that in business I had, gotten really good at just making it work. And for some reason on a personal level, I, I felt like I wouldn't be able to accomplish that. Um, so I, I undervalued myself and I'm glad that, um, that it all worked out the way it should have. I love that. And to underscore, there's no cookie cutter solution for how to have work-life balance. Absolutely not. <laughs> No. And what I heard from what you said is like, you have to find out what works for you. And I'm sure like, like in the scope of like what works for your family, what works for work and business and all that stuff. And once you find out what works, like be creative in it and just like stop striving for perfection and just do your best. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, um, I really believe in that. And I, for a while, um, you know, in many things, I, I think I put more stress on myself because it's like, well, I should be working out or I should be, you know, going to every class trip or I should be doing these things. And then I had to, to just take a step back and be like, you know what, I need to figure out what, what I can do and what's most important to me and how to make that work um, and not stress myself out over the things that just aren't going to happen today and, and, you know, learn to let go um, and to live in the moment and, and I, you know, I love every moment of being a parent and being a professional and have, um, and being myself. So I'm having a good time these days. Love that. Okay. Well, this segues great into the next question, because one thing I always want to convey, especially to women is there is no one way to lead. There's no one leadership style. Here's another thing that is absolutely not cookie cutter. You do have to figure out what feels good for yourself and bring more of that forward. And it's going to be based on your personality, your experience, like your gifts and talents and all of that. So Christy, how would you describe your leadership style? I mean, I think there's there's two big things that I've come to realize about my leadership style. Um, one is I, I've really been honest with myself about what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Um, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. And so there there's an aspect of, um, you know, looking at other leaders and how they lead and what their expertise is and really, you know, doing some research around business and business practices. But you know, I've learned what what where my strengths are and where they're not, and so I've hired people on my team that I really trust and give them the authority and the ability to fill in the places that I'm not filling in um, and to balance me out in that way, and that's that's been great. Um, you know, I, I do believe in. Um, hiring a team and giving them the the bandwidth and the power to make decisions and to be able to, to really um, grow in their own right within the organization. 
And that's been huge for me, um, particularly at Elevate is, you know, I'm traveling a lot and doing a lot of things. And I know that I've got a team in place that I can really trust um, to, to push forward on the direction we're going and to, to keep the business going. Um, and I think the third thing that's really important um, is communication style. And I mention this because uh, there's this thing, it's the seven love languages, right? And it's around how um, in your relationships, you everyone kind of can speak a different love language. So maybe I, you know, if my husband tells me, I love you, I love you, I love you, that means something to me. But if I tell him I love you, that, that doesn't resonate, you know, but if I give him hugs, that totally resonates. And so he's more of a, you know, love through physical, um, showing it and I may be verbal, but you know, there's different ways that we, we communicate and that we also ingest communication or understand it. And that plays into the workplace quite a bit too. Um, everyone has a different way of communicating, of kind of ingesting what you're telling them. And so it's really important for me as a leader to get to know my team, to get to know, you know, how they best receive feedback, um, to understand how they best communicate out and to create those types of synergies. And so it's not a one size fits all when it comes to being a leader because it's so relationship driven and it's so much about understanding, you know, who's on your team and how they function and how you function and how you make that as strong as a, of a bond as possible. Um, so that's something else that I've really come to appreciate and come to learn as a leader is um, that communication style and the finesse that it takes. Okay, let's take a break here to talk about one of my favorite subjects, podcast movement. If you have not heard of this conference before, let me tell you, Podcast Movement is the world's largest gathering of podcasters or anyone who's looking to start their own podcast the right way. There are those who have not launched yet, newbie podcasters, those who, like me, have been podcasting for three to five years. There are people who've been doing it for five to 10 years, and some even a whole lot longer. Then you've got the indie podcaster, who is what I would consider myself, somebody who does this from the comfort of their own home. You know, they're kind of amateurish, but they're doing it. They're doing it strong. And then there are the professional agencies like NYC, NPR, and Panoply, all represented with speakers and attendees. No matter what your status as a podcaster, Podcast Movement has sessions you want to attend and people you want to meet. So for $50 off any level of registration, visit podcastmovement.com and enter promo code LEAD, L-E-A-D. Again, that's podcastmovement.com, promo code LEAD. I'm really grateful you brought up communication style and even the love languages, because I think a lot of people have heard of um, the book the Lo about the love languages and knowing what's right for you. But it's often within romantic relationships that we think about this. But it absolutely does tie into the workplace, because the thing that motivates people most is feeling appreciated or that they're understood. Right. And that, you know, and having that appreciation tank filled up. So, for example, you know, maybe if someone um, feels appreciated through the physical showing of it, you, you might not be hugging someone at work. You might, depending on your, your work culture, it might not look like hugs, but it might look like a literal pat on the back or a high five or something like that. Like for them, that 
that touch, that contact tells them that you're appreciating them, you see them, you convey it. And then there are other people who want to be told you know, how much they're appreciated. Some people like little notes or like, like getting little pieces of like mints or something like, Hey, good job. I like, I thought of you, you know, and you could put it on their desk, like knowing what helps people to feel appreciated is so important. And it does take work. I'm glad you kind of underscored that. Like it takes something to build Mm -hmm. these relationships and understand what your team needs. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Christy, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Uh, Well, there's a lot that I'm working on right now that I'm very excited about. Um, And part of the time of year, um, you know, always the the beginning of the year, you're thinking about what the year ahead and and what we want to accomplish as a business and also as a person. Um, I tend to to, um, be very self-reflective as well every few months and kind of think, all right, am I happy and, and where can I improve or what are the things I need to remove from my life or to improve upon, um, to focus on more. But right now with an Elevate Network, um, we are, are really focused on a few core initiatives. Um, one is, you know, women in business and how we can give them more resources to get ahead. Uh, we hear from women so often that, um, you know, they, they hit career inflection points at various stages in their career and it's trying to figure out what's next. And, you know, maybe you love what you're doing, but not where you are. Maybe you want to move to a new city. Maybe you want to try something different or go back to school. Maybe you want to start a family. Maybe you want to start your own business. I mean, there's so many, uh, inflection points that can be very overwhelming to women in business. And so at Elevate, we've really put a lot of time and energy into how we can support women during those times of transition, how we can connect you to peers um, who can provide you support and guidance during that time, how we can connect you to women who have gone through that that process before for advice and insights, and how we can connect you to the resources to succeed. And um, that's not easy to do because our community is is very diverse and very broad and women at all career stages and there's a lot of questions to be answered but uh, it's something that we've really been focused on and are making some progress and we're excited about it that's awesome and christy i'm going to ask for your links at the end but i'm sure there are definitely people who are listening right now whose ears just perked up with everything that you're saying where can they find out more information about some of these initiatives Sure. Uh, elevatenetwork.com. So it's E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E, um, two L's, elevatenetwork.com. We're also on Twitter at ElevateNTWK, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the great places. But if you go to the website, uh, there's some great information there. Yeah, that's probably the best place to get all the information. So perfect. All right, Christy, and on the flip side of things, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? And we'll see if there's an opportunity for coaching. Sure. So I would say in line with talking about current projects, that's also one of my biggest challenges uh, is that as our team has gotten bigger and bigger, it's more important, it's becoming increasingly more important to create, um, you know, not just the KPIs, but the, the micro details around behind division. And I am very entrepreneurial. 
And um, it's very easy for me to kind of be like, this is what we're focusing on. And I have all these ideas about how we're going to get there and I can lay it all out. Um, But the team needs more structure and more details and um, more information for them to really act upon it, um, particularly as we're bigger and I'm not as uh, high touch day to day in in all aspects. Um, So I've really been struggling with how to take this entrepreneurial creative vision that's this is the direction we're going and break it down into um, more of the micro detail specifics that the business needs. Great. Okay. So just some background for those who heard KPI and are wondering what the heck is that? KPIs are key point indicators, and these are the focus areas of a business that they're using to measure success. So it might be growth of membership, and then you decide like, what's the goal and how do you, so essentially the metrics around how do you know you're successful but like christy said these are like high level goals and what her team needs is more details around how to execute that and and really what i'm hearing is um they need to know how it's broken down and what their role in it is is that correct Mm -hmm. christy absolutely Okay. And with the team growing, that means you probably are getting further and further away from the day-to-day um, and the minutiae of what is going on. How would you describe your your current um, system or structure for um, communicating you know, the, the larger goals and breaking them down so that everyone understands what they need to do? Uh, so today, we... Um so on an ongoing basis throughout the year, we have um, each week a various team um, or department within the organization will report back on their KPIs. So if it's you know growth of our social media footprint, then that team you know ha- has a few different um, metrics that they're looking at, but they'll report to the team about growth and progress, and we set goals around where we want to be. Um, and then on a higher level, I have my my business leaders that are running each each division within the company, and I sort of work with them to identify, you know, how are we going? What are the main problems we want to solve for? Where are the biggest opportunities? How what how are we going to do this? And what does success look like? Um, at the end of the day, I mean, we're a business, and so uh, revenue is always going to be a big aspect of, of success, um, looking at how we can grow that. But it's very much um, impact as well. We are a mission-driven organization. We care a lot about helping women in business and how we can uh, close the gender gaps that exist. And so it's kind of the duality of, all right, what is the, the revenue growth that we need to drive greater impact and to reach more women? But then also, what is the, um, the more mission-driven impact of how we're really helping women get ahead in their careers? Right. And I think that's the conflict that a lot of um, service providers who, you know, especially women, though I know men experience this as well, is you get caught between that, you know, I got into this because I want to help a lot of people. But if we're not making money, then we're not able to help more women. And so you have to you have to have your eye on the money part of it. Okay, so it sounds like it's it's happening in these larger meetings and being disseminated. Have you gotten any feedback that there are problems with the current process? No, I mean, I think we're very, I think there's no, there hasn't been feedback that there's a problem, but we're always open to um, improving. 
And so typically we're, we're looking at our, our communication process and structure and how we can improve it. I do think, um, I, do, I did get some feedback from my senior team as we were really refining goals for next year around, um, you know, it's easy for me to say, this is the direction I want to go or, you know, this is the direction we should go and um, wanting to kind of back that into, okay, I made this decision because of X, Y, Z. And it's not so easy um, to back into the X, Y, Z because it's like, I made this decision because I, I believe that this is the right direction. And as a business leader, um, sometimes you have to go with your gut and, and make those decisions and, you know, follow through on that. Um, so I think part of it is, you know, how we get to the decisions around um, prioritization and direction. And then the way that I make those decisions can then help influence other decisions that the team is making um, on a smaller scale. Okay. So just for some clarity, is this around getting buy-in from the entire team that we're going in the right direction? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um, so uh, it sounds like a lot of that is just making sure there is, um, a great system for getting feedback from everybody around, um, how things are going, how they're feeling about things. Um, you know, cause it sounds like there's a lot of meetings that communicate out, um, the mission and where we're going and that sort of thing. Tell me about how you're collecting feedback from, you know, people who are on the front lines of doing the work. We, um, we, we have regular all team, all hands meetings. Um, every, every week we do that. Um, I have big meetings, um, every quarter to really talk about goals and expectations to really focus on, uh, what we're doing and to get feedback. We have two offsite retreats a year. Um, and we think a lot about, uh, the year ahead and where we want to be and how we're going to get there. And then I'm just very approachable. Uh, so anytime anyone needs to, to connect with me or have a conversation, talk with me, um, I'm always around for that. And I, I think it's really important to be, approachable, uh, with the team and to have those, those lines of connection. Yeah. It sounds like you're doing a great job because, you know, the key for buy-in is for people to feel as if they can contribute, you know, they can offer something up, even if it's not, you know, we're not going to run with this idea right now. It's, we hear you, you know, and here's, here's why we're going in the direction we're going in. That's really great. I will offer you, um, I had um, some exposure to a company that had a program where once a quarter, every employee needed to submit an idea for improvement. And it didn't have to be, uh, this will completely change the direction our company is going in. It could be one process improvement. Um, and it was it was in a manufacturing environment. So sometimes the process improvement might be we need to move the wastebasket from this part of the room over to this part of the room because that would increase efficiencies and cut down on the amount of time people are spending walking back and forth to the trash can. So it could it could really be something so small. But as long as people feel as if they're contributing to the overall goal and the overall mission of the company, suddenly they get more excited and can see can connect the dots between what they're doing and what the company is trying to accomplish as a whole does that make sense yeah that's great that's wonderful advice thank you you're welcome
All right. Well, let's get into the leadership roundup. So Christy, tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I am um, very approachable, um, I think, is, is, uh, is something that, you know, especially going on what you, the advice you just gave, which I really appreciate, is just being open to, to feedback and to kind of really um, being connected to your team, which is a great way to, to inspire others, um, you know, to greatness and to, to really contributing to the company. And what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, uh, don't overthink it. Um, I spent so much of my life, I think, um, just, you know, stressing about where I was going to be in 10 years or 20 years. And so much changes all the time. It, our lives are so dynamic and there's so much that we, we don't even realize um, will happen and great things. And so don't overthink it, um, you know, kind of, have a loose idea of what your goals are and where you want to go, but focus more on the here and now and, and less on the, you know, far away future. Share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. You know, I, I love this question. Um, and, and I think it just love what you do. Um, and that's something that I've really come you know, come to in my life is just loving every day, love what you do. And, um, and, and that's, that's what it's all about. And, you know, we spend a lot of our time in life, um, kind of maybe being unhappy about things and, and not taking it, you know, not changing it, um, or, or letting that kind of take over our lives. And so just love what you do, live in the moment, be happy, and uh, keep smiling. Love it. And that ties back earlier, Christy. It really stood out for me when you said every, every, and it was every few days or something like that. It was, it was a frequent check-in that you have, like, am I into what I'm doing? Like, am I happy doing this? Like, is this, is this the right place to be? There, like, what a great question to ask yourself, because if the answer is yes, then you can throw yourself into what you're doing. And if the answer is no, you can inquire into what's keeping you from being happy. So love that. And again, Christy, if you could give us the best way for this community to connect with you. Absolutely. So uh, feel free to reach out at elevatenetwork.com. That's E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E network.com. Uh, you can always connect with me to via email. I'm Christy at elevatenetwork.com. Or uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And for all of you listening and on the go, you know you can find all of these links and resources that Christy shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And you can put her name in the search bar. If you're listening at a later date, she spells her name K-R-I-S-T-Y. And Christy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Wonderful. Thanks so much. I, I loved this journey. It was great to connect with you. And thanks for all the work that you're doing. Before we say goodbye, I wanted to chat with you a little bit about the Accomplished Intensive, my new group program. The Accomplished Intensive is perfect for you if you are a business owner or professional who is working way more hours than you want to be. My two most recent clients are a bookkeeper and a lawyer who are unhappily working holidays and weekends to keep up with their workload. 
If you are someone who has a big dream or big goals, but it's unclear how you're going to make it happen, you know you are meant for this, but you're not sure what steps to take first, and you may be feeling like you're not making a lot of progress. Or if you're ready for more, you've been searching for the right program, class, or coach to take your life, your career, your business to the next level. You're likely feeling antsy, like something is bubbling under the surface, but hasn't yet found an outlet for all this energy. The Accomplished Intensive is the same coaching system I take my private clients through, but in the intensive, we do it in a group setting. While there are benefits to coaching privately, there are also benefits to being coached in a group program. One, you feed off the energy of the other participants. You will resonate with their struggles, learn from their questions that they ask, and gain ideas and motivation from their wins. And two, you have a built-in support system. You will know several other people who are diving into the same concepts and areas of life so you can lean on each other if it gets hard. For some of my lovely people pleasers, this will give you an outlet to help lift others up. I'm just going to ask that you let others do the same for you. If you are ready to make this your year and peel back the layers of what's been holding you back thus far, you're going to want to do the Accomplished Intensive. It has been broken down into two four-week sessions with a two-week break in between, so it's very digestible. And to find out more, go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash intensive. That's womentakingthelead.com forward slash intensive. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.